Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week. Before we start our show, I would like to just take a moment and acknowledge our hearts and our prayers go out to the people in Boston and the people in Waco, Texas, whose lives were affected and those lives that were lost. We pray for them and for their families that God will be with them and console them as they go through this difficult time. Over the last couple of weeks, we were talking about the stages of planning your finances in your life, and we basically came down to the fact that there's really three stages of life that you go through, that you go through as it relates to your finances. You go through an accumulation stage, which is a period in time in which you're saving, you're investing, and you're trying to accumulate money so that when you get to the point of retirement where you care to work less, you care to work not at all, you've accumulated enough in assets that will carry you through the rest of your life. Which brings us to the second phase of life, which is distribution. And then we go from distribution to what I refer to as legacy planning, which is ultimately what does your life's work look like, the lives that you've impacted financially, what have you left, and you know, what did your life really stand for? So with that in mind, when we did that last couple of shows, we have questions that came out of those couple of shows that I'd like to work with over this week's show and next week. So the first question that came up, is really a very simple one that a lot of people have, which is, Frank, at the end of the month, each month, I'm coming up with not enough money to save or do anything with. So what should I be doing? You know, it's easy to save if I have extra money, but if I don't have any extra money, where do I start? So my advice to this person who has this question is really a couplefold. The first thing is, is that I would suggest that all of our listeners, and it doesn't matter if you're saving a lot, you're saving a little, whatever the case might be, it's a healthy exercise to go and to set up a budget, to identify what your expenses are, where's your income, and where is everything going. And once you have that down, by budgeting and understanding you know, where all of the money is going in your life, it'll start to identify for you and really where your challenges are. So some of the things I would suggest to you as it relates to the budget are the following. Number one, as it relates to a budget, as you earn more money, what I'm going to tell you is don't keep increasing lifestyle right away. The tendency is, is that every time we get a pay increase, we get a bonus, we immediately in our head start to think of where we would like to spend that money. And so what we continue to do is we keep increasing lifestyle, and every time we increase lifestyle, it actually creates more of a challenge because we become what I refer to as a consumer and our propensity to consume actually keeps put us, putting us in positions where we have less and less money that we have the ability to save. And then one thing happens in our life. We get laid off, uh, stock market correction. Next thing you know, we're backwards. So the first thing I would tell you, or second thing actually, is really live within your means. It, it's key. The other thing is, is that when you start looking at your budget, a lot of times what people will do is they'll put down their income and they right away start writing all their expenses and then they look and they go, this is what I have left to save. That's not the right way to do it. What should be happening is is that you take your income and right off of the top, it should be really gifting and charity, tithing if you tithe, hopefully you're tithing, and then it should be saving and then spending, not the opposite of that. You know, which leads us also into, I have a question here, and it says, what about tithing? Um, I don't seem to be able to tithe. I don't seem to be able to really put, you know, do anything through charity. I don't have any money left. And what happens is, is that you know, when I hear that I don't have any money left, what we're really saying is, is that I've got my income, I'm paying my bills, and there's nothing left. 
And what we should really be doing is, is that, like I just mentioned before, you got your income, work on that budget right off the top, charity, what you're doing there, savings, and then living within your means. And when I tell you that, you know, it's like earn, God first, okay, then we save, then we spend. You know, it's the old saying that, you know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. One of the things I want you to understand is, is that I don't want you to do this, and I'm not encouraging you to do this as if you're going to do it begrudgingly. You should do it with a, a cheerful heart, and that it's in your heart to do, and that's why you should be doing it, and for no other purpose. And then you really have to understand, as I always say, is the purpose of money in your life, and it's very important. Now we have our next question. The next question that we have is, is Frank, I have a lot of debt. How do I go from being in debt to being able to get out of debt and to be able to save? So for those of you who are dealing with credit card debt, you may be upside down in your mortgage that over the last several years, you had a mortgage that was you know higher than what you owe on your house. There's a few things that you can do. First thing I'm going to point out to you is if you have other money in savings that's sitting in a bank earning zero or a half a percent or whatever, and yet you have credit card debt, one of the keys to paying down debt is really to take low interest earning assets and to pay off high interest rate debt. So don't accumulate and not pay it off. What I'm telling you is, is pay off your debt first. You got to get out of debt. The other thing I'm going to tell you is we had a um, an individual on the show several months ago when we were talking about mortgages. For those of you who are a little upside down in your mortgage, which means basically you owe a little bit more than what the house is worth, some mortgage programs out there, there's what's referred to as a HARP program. That's H-A-R-P. And a lot of lenders can help you with this, but it's designed that you could refinance as long as you have good credit. You could refinance even though you may owe more than what the house is worth, and you can get a better rate, which would lower your monthly expenses. And once you lower your monthly expenses, then you'll have the opportunity you know, to give to charity, tithe, save, and to get your finances in order. The next thing I'll point out to you is if those two items don't work for you, which is can't refinance, um, you've got this credit card debt or whatever the case, and you don't have other assets to pay it off, one of the things that you could do is you can consolidate debt. Um, I've seen over the years, and uh, it does work for a lot of people, where they go from high-rate interest rate cards, such as you got a 22% card, and you refinance it to a zero, or you refinance it to an 8%. The key is, is that you want to keep those charge cards and those interest rates as low as possible. There's also opportunities so that everybody can understand this one, where if you have someone in a family that has uh, financial means, and when I say financial means, is you might have a parent that has money sitting in a CD or money market accounts, or they have money in bonds or whatever, and they're looking to receive income from those assets. The environment for them today is that the interest rates are so low that they're trying to do better. What's I've seen happen over the years, and it works very effectively as long as everybody is responsible and honest in this, is, is where a parent can actually say, you know what, I'll pay off the credit cards or I'll pay off you know, whatever debt that you have. You have an actual agreement which is written out. Everybody understands it. You make it official. And what you do is, is that instead of you paying a credit card company 25%, Maybe you're paying mom and dad 5 or 6%. So what happens is, is instead of them getting 1% on money that they have sitting in the bank, which is really not doing anything for them, they actually can get a much higher rate of return, giving you also a nice break. So you went from paying 20-something percent to 5%. They went from earning 0% or 1% to 5%. 
and now everybody's happy, and they've actually done something which helps you to get out of debt. So interfamily financing is excellent if you have that opportunity and your family has the means. And again, I say you have to do it officially, and when I say officially is you should have a written agreement. There should be an understanding if you want to make Thanksgiving comfortable so that you know nobody's sitting there and saying, oh, they didn't pay me this month. My advice would be is write out a year's worth of checks in advance. So if you're going to pay them on the first of every month, Give them the check for January, February, March, April. Give them the check for the whole year for whatever the payment is, and then just make sure that you live up to your obligation so that they can just go to the bank each month and they can put the money in and do what they have to do. So I would tell you that interfamily financing should be, you know, is wonderful for a lot of people. Let's go to the final as it relates to debt. If all of those don't work for you, and you've got several credit cards out there, you've got a lot of debt that's going on, you have to use what I call the snowball effect. And if you think of the snowball effect, you know, it starts out as, you know, a very small, small you know, ball on the ground. We're ro- rolling it. It's picking up more and more steam as you go forward. Well, the concept there, I also call it the cascading water effect, is, is that pick out one card, whatever one you want to pay off first, the highest interest rate card. On all the other cards and payments you have, Make the minimum payment there and take the difference of what you were paying a little bit to all of them and make the largest payment you possibly can to the one card until it's paid off. Once that card is paid off, then take it, the money you were allocating there, and you allocate it to the next card. And then the next card and the next card until you've paid off all of that consumer debt. So hopefully that'll answer your questions as it relates to that debt. One of the key things about savings, and I hope that everybody really gets this, the keys are the following. Number one is don't overbuy when you buy your homes. A lot of people tend to do that. They go into a beautiful neighborhood. We need to live here. And what happens is by hook or by crook, they figure out a way to get into the house. And then what happens is they start getting in debt as soon as they want to furnish the house. And it gets bad every month after that. It never gets better. So what I tell you is live within your means. Buy a house that's affordable to you, that you, it'll work for you, not that you've got to finagle to get into the house. And by the way, finagling is one of my terms, so if you've heard it before, they probably stole it from me. <laughs> now, the other thing I'm going to point out to you is there's a lot of people that have car payments that are like mortgage payments. Cars, as far as I'm concerned, are totally emotional savings. And when I say it's emotional, and it's not even savings, it's emotional spending. It's one of those, see it, got to have it, and the fact that it cost me $600 a month, $900 a month, $500 a month, by hook or by crook, people will get into that car and they'll lease it, and what happens is they get on that spiral where every month they've got that payment coming up, and they spend a fortune on cars. If you ever figure out all the car payments you've paid over your lifetime, the interest that you lost on that money, you can, your, your cars could have cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime, and that's a lot. You know, that you don't have for retirement and for other phases of life. So I tell you, keep that in mind. So as we're looking at this here, you know, what we've really come down to is budget, manage that debt, don't spend emotionally, work at any debt that you have to get it paid off as quickly as possible. And at all costs, I tell you, avoid consumer debt, work with family if necessary, use a snowball effect, do what you have to do. As we wrap up today's show, what I'd like to remind you is we're going to continue this show next week where we're going to wrap up on the accumulation side, which is how do you get to accumulate more? 
and we're going to continue to talk about cash flow, and then we're going to talk about how to distribute money during retirement, and then legacy, which is how to leave the assets you'd like to leave in a manner that you'd like to leave them in so that you could touch and impact the lives of the people that you love and care about the most. You've been listening to Frank Congelos. This has been Discovering Responsible Wealth. If you have any questions, you could write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736. Or you can write to us, email us at info at com. Thank you and have a blessed week. 